0: While there are certain countries that seem to be emerging uh, out of the pandemic, uh, many countries also ramping up their uh, vaccination programs, uh, we do see that uh, this COVID-19 pandemic is clearly uh, not ending anytime soon, especially with these so-called third and fourth wave of uh, new infections spreading around the world, the new variants that we've been talking about on the program as well. Um, So that means that there is an urgent need to make sure that vaccine production and vaccine proliferation can occur at an efficient pace, Uh, there is now growing calls, uh, such as uh, countries like India and South Africa, uh, asking for the lifting of the intellectual property rights on these various COVID-19 vaccines to allow a greater... Uh, distribution and production method citing the dire situations that we are in. This is certainly something that is not supported by the major pharmaceutical companies that have the patents to these uh, vaccines, but a lot of the developing countries feel that time is of the essence and the entire world can't really heal from this pandemic until everybody, including those in countries like India or Brazil or South Africa, are healthy themselves. To to give us his thoughts and analysis on the issue of uh, IP waivers, we're pleased to be joined by the director of Queen Mary Intellectual Property Research Institute and from Queen Mary University of London, Professor Duncan Matthews. Hello good morning henry it's always a pleasure to be on your show well we thank you for joining us once again as well professor so as you know very well uh and you can help us understand better there's been a lot of political pressure now uh for uh the biden administration namely um to uh, help with the idea of waiving intellectual property rights for these covid 19 vaccines especially for the situation in India and the idea that India is already sort of this major hub of producing generics and uh, pharmaceutical uh, goods that they could ramp up uh, production. Uh, there is some resistance from the major uh, pharma pharmaceutical companies, even um, EU officials as well. Uh, so what, what, what are your thoughts on this um, issue of IP waivers?
1: Well, in terms of the uh, U.S. announcement from last week, w- really, we're still waiting for clarification about the precise scope of the Biden administration's proposal for waiver. Um, but, of course, this is a significant change in, in previous U.S. policy. Um, and first of all, the U.S. has said that it's going to support waiving IP on the vaccines. So the obvious type of IP that we're talking about here. Uh, 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 our patents, and your your listeners will be aware that patent rights usually give the owner of the patent a period of time of about 20 years mm-hmm. in which no one else can make or sell the product. Right. So the Biden administration is essentially saying that they will set aside these patent rights and they will, won't be enforceable for, for the vaccines. Um, but, but I think what's important about this debate about waivers and, and the U.S. proposal in particular is that we're not just talking about patents here, but if you really want uh, to scale a production, That uh, you need to have a, an IP waiver that includes things like the know-how, the trade secrets about how to manufacture and store the vaccines, plus the data submitted to the medicines agencies, things like the clinical trials data. So all these are actually types of IP rights. So it's not just patents we're talking about here. Mm. Um, uh, and of course, the, the Biden administration has said that it will um, it will enter into text-based negotiations also with uh, the World Trade Organization uh, uh, mechanism. Uh, and you mentioned already India and South Africa in that respect.
0: Yeah, so the uh, World Trade Organization um, has a, an ability to waive certain IP protections under what's known as TRIPS, right? The Agreement on Trade-Related Aspects of International Property rights uh, and uh, specifically targeting these uh, COVID-19-related treatments, including uh, the vaccines. Um, In in your view, uh, is this applicable in this context?
1: Well, the the TRIPS agreement essentially sets out minimum standards for the protection and enforcement of of intellectual property in all WTO members. So national laws and procedures have to comply with the the requirements of the, the TRIPS agreement. So any country that fails to comply with TRIPS obligations could face a dispute settlement complaint or ultimately trade sanctions for breaching WTO rules. Um, But on the other hand, the, the TRIPS agreement already contains certain inbuilt safeguards, things like compulsory licensing that allow WTO members to deal with unexpected events like national emergencies. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the problem here at the moment is that many of the lower and middle-income countries are now arguing that really these current safeguards in the TRIPS agreements are just too bureaucratic. Mm-hmm. They don't allow for the rapid scale-up of the vaccines and therapeutics that they need for the vaccine response. And, and this was the point at which last October, India and South Africa then proposed the waiver of certain provisions that the current safeguards simply aren't adequate. Um, and probably the, the, the final point I'll make on this is that it's important to stress that the, the U.S. is not supporting the India-South Africa proposal okay. for a TRIPS IP okay. waiver. The U.S. is only really supporting a more limited waiver um, on uh, specific to vaccines Um, and uh, the South Africa-India proposal uh, covered much more. It was about therapeutics, Mm. personal Mm. protective equipment, diagnostic kits, ventilators, etc. So we're we're in the middle of, I think, a very um, um, fluid discussion about what could be covered in this type of waiver.
0: Um, Could you then explain the challenges that remain, hypothetically, if we do get some kind of waiver for these um, vaccines. Um, what would happen? How, how do you ramp up production from there? Do how do you procure the raw middle uh, raw materials? How do you set up the factories to to produce the the vaccines logistically?
1: Well, um, I mean, no one is saying that the, the the waiving IP alone was will solve this vaccine access problem. Um, Uh, Scaling up production, of course, proposes numerous challenges, including adequate supply of the key ingredients, the active pharmaceutical ingredients, and also requires complex technical expertise for overcoming things like scientific and regulatory hurdles with the medicines agencies. So I I think it's a toolkit of policies that we need. And and I think the the IP is, is in a way, part of the problem and also part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And of course, under usual circumstances, we need the IP to stimulate investment uh, and innovation. uh, But of course, these are not usual circumstances. So I I think it's part of the toolkit that that we're looking at at the moment for possible solutions.
0: In in terms of other possible solutions, as we know, there is this huge gap between uh, what the wealthier countries have access to and what the developing world uh, does not have access to. Uh, certain countries, like in the EU and the US, they actually have a surplus supply of vaccines. Other countries, like as we're seeing with India and the devastating conditions there, um, really finding it difficult to to, to get an adequate um, supply of what they need to inoculate their populations. Uh, what do you think we can do, you think, in the short to midterm to uh, significantly ramp up production to get vaccines to where it's needed the most?
1: Well, as we've discussed on on this program with you previously, um, Henry, it's a really complex picture involving issues of vaccine hesitancy, um, which we're seeing in in sub-Saharan Africa to some extent at the moment, vaccine nationalism and the buying of supplies, uh, supply chain issues amongst others. uh, and uh, I, think, I think the TRIPS waiver, the IP waiver, it could take months, if not years, to mm. negotiate. Uh, and we saw this 20 years ago with the HIV pandemic, where a very minor waiver of the TRIPS agreement took 18 months to negotiate. So I think the immediate chances for an IP waiver probably aren't going to solve this for us in, in, the, in the short to medium term. Um, so I think it's really about thinking about... Um, how the, you know, the public perceives this and how yeah. governments can help to find a solution. I mean, of course, many of these uh, vaccines were funded by public money. So AstraZeneca, of course, Pfizer-BioNTech with, with German federal government mm. money, Moderna and Johnson Johnson from the US. Uh, and I think increasingly what people are wanting to know who owns the IP uh, and that the public has, has contributed to. Um, so so I, I, I think that... The, this is why we're having such a focus on the IP in the debate. Uh, but as you say, it's, it's it's about finding ways to scale up and and finding ways that IP is not a barrier to scaling up production and access.
0: Right. And I'm not sure how the perception among the public is in the EU, but uh, from the American context, there certainly is um, a, a very healthy skepticism, maybe even um hostility towards pharmaceutical companies and, and this idea that if you are kind of on the other side of the IP issue, you're automatically a big pharma shill and you certainly are not right, right, looking out for the, the health and welfare of the average person and you're looking only for the bottom line. I know it's a much more a nuanced discussion from it, but the hope is, and I guess we're almost out of time, Professor Matthews, is that we can find a solution because the ultimate goal right now is to try to get the entire country and world healthy uh, through vaccination, right? Absolutely.
1: So it's, I think what we're going through now is a really a reassessment about the role of vaccine manufacturers and IP. Simply saying that IP is not a barrier to vaccine access right. really just isn't going to convince the public or politicians okay. anymore. So I think industry is going to need to be more transparent, right. particularly about publicly funded research and IP.
0: Professor Matthews, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us and I look forward to talking to you again soon. My
1: pleasure. Thank you. Goodbye.
0: Well, that was Professor Duncan Matthews talking about the IP waiver issue with the vaccines. We're going to move on to part four of the program after another check of traffic and weather.